Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, we're really glad to have you to be a part of the Christian broadcast or uh, Christian Business Concepts uh, podcast family. So really excited that you're here today. Glad that you're listening, and uh, really appreciate uh, your support. And I hope that uh, this podcast is a blessing to you. And uh, so I want to kind of jump right in here and start talking a little bit, and uh, we'll talk about uh, this week's uh, uh, subject. So. Uh, first, let me start by telling you a little bit of a story. So, some time ago, there was a uh, toothpaste factory that had a problem. And uh, they sometimes shipped empty boxes without the tube inside. And so, uh, this was kind of caused by the way that the uh, production line was set up and the, and the people with experience in designing production lines uh, will tell you how difficult it can be sometimes to have everything happen uh, with timings that are so precise that every every single unit or product coming uh, out of that production line is uh, 100% perfect every time. And, and so this company had had a serious problem. I mean, you know, if their customers continue to receive empty boxes, then they were going to lose market share and possibly the business itself. So that was very serious. So understanding how important that it was, the CEO of the toothpaste factory got the top people in the company together and they decided to start a new project in which they would hire this external engineering company uh, to solve this empty box problem that they had. Uh, they didn't feel like they had the people that could do it. They, they, their engineering department was so stretched uh, thin at the time, so they decided to uh, order uh, or uh, to employ an outside firm. So the engineering firm company spent about six months discussing and talking, studying the problem, and how to keep these empty boxes from leaving the factory. And, and really hurting the company's reputation. So, uh, you know, they made some small variations in the environment, which can't be controlled in a cost-effective fashion. But anyway, they, uh, y- you know, they talked about quality assurance checks and, and uh, looking at all these different ideas. And so, you know, the project, it kind of followed the usual process, budget and, and, and the uh, project allocation and, and all of that. And so after about six months and $8 million later, they had this solution. It was on time. It was on budget. It was high quality. And everyone in the project had a good time as they helped solve this problem. And so what they did is they solved the problem by using this high-tech uh, precision uh, scale that would sound a bell and then flash lights whenever a toothpaste box would weigh less than it should, right? Makes sense. So then the line would stop and somebody would have to walk over and yank the defective box out of it and press another button when they got done so they could restart the line. So Sometime later, the CEO decided to have a look at the return on investment of this project, and uh, he sees amazing results. But the results weren't what he expected. What he found was that there were no empty boxes ever shipped out of the factory after the scales were put in place, but he also found 
that it, it turns out that the number of defects picked up by the scales was zero after after three weeks, after they put it in place. And after about three weeks, the, the system was not picking up any defective uh, empty boxes, but yet there were no empty boxes being shipped, right? So he went down. He said, there's got to be something wrong with this report. And he double-checked it. And uh, come to find out, they, they, the scales were working perfectly. Everything was working perfectly. So then the CEO decided, I'm going to go down to the factory floor to see this new expensive new scale system in operation at the end of the production line. He wanted to see it himself. So he watched it, you know, he kind of scrutinized it, and he looked at every detail, and he even asked the head of maintenance to check all the electrical connections and verify that it was in good working order. And and so the head of maintenance confirmed that it was, and indeed working perfectly as designed. So the CEO was still not satisfied with these, you know, what he found, and decided to continue walk to walk up the production line. And a few feet before the scale... There was an inexpensive desk fan blowing in the direction of the product, uh, the production line. And so the CEO asked one of the workers standing uh, around, he said, what, what, what's the purpose of this fan? He said, oh, that, says the worker. One of the guys put it there because he was tired of walking over every time the bell rang uh, and then he had to restart the line and pull it out. He said, so this fan just blows the empty boxes off the line and allows the line to continue to run. <laughs> so the stories, this story's been told a lot of times, but I got to tell you, you know, what a, it's a great example of being a problem solver. And, and so today in this podcast and in next week's podcast, we'll continue about the power of becoming a good problem solver. I mean, if you want to great, be a great leader, a great owner of a business, you've got to learn how to solve problems, and you've got to learn how to solve them right. So if he had talked to the people at the line, he probably could have found out that an $18.95 fan was the answer, and he wouldn't have had to spend $8 million. And so it was a $20 fan, basically, that fixed the issue. It just blew the empty boxes that didn't have the tubes of toothpaste right off the line. So we want to talk about being a good problem solver, right? Uh, so the first thing to realize and accept, you have to accept this. You can't just realize it. But the first thing to accept is uh, the fact that uh, you, you need to... Uh, realize that that everybody in this life, whether it be your personal life, whether it be your business life, problems are a part of life. I mean, you just have to settle that. Uh, you have to settle it. It's part of life and learn how to be a great problem solver. You know, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and I'm going to read from the NIV, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. 
So right here in James, it, it gives us the answer or at least confirms what I just shared with you, and that is that this life will have problems. According to Webster, if you look up the Webster definition of problem, it means it's something that is difficult to deal with, something that is a source of trouble, a source of worry, uh, difficulty in understanding something. So everybody's going to have problems to overcome in their life. And some will be personal. Some's going to be career-oriented. Some's going to be about your job. Some's going to be about relationships. But we're all going to have problems. And being a good problem solver is what separates good leaders, good bosses, good owners from average. Now, you know my definition of average. I've said it before. Average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. Nobody wants to be average in life. So the next thing you have to consider is put your trust in God. If you're not born again, let me encourage you to become born again and accept Christ as Lord of your life because when you put your trust in God and not in yourself, he really gives you a lot of wisdom and understanding through his word about how to deal with problems. Because he cares about you, he cares about your business, he cares about your department, and he cares about the people that work for you and that you work with. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, one of my favorite passages, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So we have a promise from God that when we acknowledge him in our problems, he'll give us direction and help us. And it could be that he leads you to somebody that gives you such great advice that it helps you, uh, or he just may share in his word what you need to do. But he can be trusted to help you. See, problems can arise from, it, they can come from poor decisions. Uh, problems can come up because of unexpected changes and circumstances that are beyond your control, not even has anything to do with you. Uh, some problems are of our own doing, and some are caused by others. Uh, the difference between good leaders and bad leaders uh, is good leaders understand that most problems, once resolved, have really good benefits, positive benefits, right? So good leaders recognize that there are opportunities to grow and learn in each problem they face. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it makes it any easier, but at least they can see what happens on the back end. So here are some of the reasons why leaders fail to solve problems, right? So let's look at these first. So first and foremost, uh, the reason why some leaders fail to solve problems is a lack of commitment. You know, I, I, I'll give you this. This is a, uh, a wisdom seed, right? So the wisdom seed is that proof of desire is pursuit. If you really desire something, you're going to chase it. You're going to go after it. You're going to feel it, find it, deal with it. If, if, you truly, if you truly have a desire, you will pursue it. So proof of desire is pursuit. That's my, that's my, wisdom, uh, my wisdom seed for the day. So you've got to have this level of dedication 
that's that's higher than those that you work with or work for in some cases. Um, you've got to feel a duty or a responsibility to tackle the problem with an understanding that it's for the good of your group or your team or your company, uh, the people that you work with. But you've got to have this passion, this desire to solve the problem or it'll never be dealt with. Uh, next, the reason that some leaders fail to solve problems is a failure to discern, to discern what the problem is. Unless you find the real root of the problem, you don't have a hope at all in solving that problem. And some people want to rush to judgment before they've really drilled deep enough and, and found out, drill into those symptoms to really understand what the problem is. Because the problem is not the symptoms. The problem is creating the symptoms. So you've got to what we call peel the onion back and let's find out what the problem really is. Uh, the next is bad information. We've, old, we've always heard that old adage, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right, when we talk about computer programming. Um, you know, this is certainly apropos in problem solving. Your solutions will only be as good as the information you've gathered and that you can analyze. So the wrong information will have you chasing your tail in circles. I mean, you know, you're going to waste time implementing solutions when they're not really the answer uh, because you don't have the correct problem. You don't understand. You don't have the right information. Uh, next is ineffective implementation. So there's a lot of times we can't solve the problem because we can't implement what the solution is, right? So you can think of a great solution, but it has to be effectively implemented. And this happens when there's poor planning or when there's no planning, Um you know, because maybe the boss or the team or whatever, they want to continue to analyze and study the information in hopes of finding that perfect silver, silver, uh, silver uh, bullet. And trust me, there's very few times that there's ever a silver bullet. You're just going to have to dig into it and then put a program together and then implement it. Uh, the next is uh, having the wrong people involved. You know, I hate to say this, but there's some people that should never be a part of your solution process. And some of these people are who I call negative Nelly. Uh, negative Nelly will never find anything positive in any of the solutions developed or discussed. Then there's Downer Don. You know, he's, he's a guy that always seems to be depressed, and, and he can destroy the excitement of an entire team. You know, uh, and then you got Big Mouth Bob. And uh, Big Mouth Bob seems to never shut up long enough to let anybody else talk. And then there's Lazy Lisa. You know, she seems to always be late to every important meeting. She she seldom does the things that has been assigned to her to do and is always trying to skip out on her responsibility. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you can think of several others. But the point is, make sure you have the right people on your team when you're trying to solve the problem. Uh, next is the social cost is too high in their minds, right? So sometimes the best solution is one that'll take great courage to implement. I mean, how many times have we thought or said, I'm being punished because of the few that are taking advantage of fill in the blank, right? So the company I work for has made very unpopular decisions in order to make sure a door was closed to a specific bad behavior that only a few people were committing um, and so they had to take that courage and make that decision. You know, some of the best solutions are not going to be fair. Uh, 
But a great leader uh, has got to have that courage and fortitude to make the call when the solution makes sense. Uh, Next is uh, the fear of failure. So they're afraid they're going to fail, so they don't do anything, right? It's just paralyzing. Uh, so it keeps people from taking actions um, to reach the goal. You know, one of the keys to overcoming fear is to accept the fact that all people fail. You know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Henry Ford's first automobile company went completely bankrupt. The Beatles were turned down by almost every record label and was even told by one producer they had no future in the music industry at all. So you've got to conquer your fear of failure, and when you do that, you just watch what you can accomplish. So now that we understand why some problems are never solved, let's look at some of the skills and abilities that you're going to need to develop in order to become a a successful problem solver. So uh, the first is uh, thinking skills. Now, there's two types of uh, thinking skills that you need to have, critical thinking and creative thinking. Okay, so critical thinking is systematic while creative thinking is flexible. It's it's kind of like it flows, just it just flows. Uh, critical thinking is more verbal, whereas creative thinking is more visual. Uh, crea- uh, critical thinking is more analytical and creative thinking is more imaginative. Uh, critical thinking says yes, but uh, imagine uh, or uh, creative thinking says Yes, and um, the critical thinker—it's more judgmental, and the and the creative thinking is more non-judgmental. And uh, so, you know, you need to develop that, right? So, here's a story that explains the differences. Recently, there was a large office building that had been constructed in a major metropolitan uh, city, and so once they got it done, it was the tallest building in the city. All of the space of that building was leased before it was ever, you know, finished. And the day came for all the tenants to begin to move in, and and shortly after all the tenants moved in, they had this great grand opening, and it didn't take long before the building owner and the architect found out that they had made a huge mistake when they built the building. They had failed to put enough elevators in the building. And employees begin to complain uh, about the long waits for the elevator, especially in the mornings and afternoons when people were coming and going, leaving work. Um, the employees were, were getting the work late because of it. Productivity in many of the companies w- with the offices in the new building was down, along with morale. And so several of the large companies began to talk to the owner about breaking their leases and moving to another building. So the owner had a team of engineers and building managers to find this solution. And so they, they worked and worked, and they came up with four solutions. Number one was ask employers to have some of their employees come in a little later in the morning and stay a little later uh, in the afternoon. So it decreased the demand for the elevators during those peak times. The second solution was increase the speed uh, of the elevators and how, you know, how fast they moved. And the third was construct an additional elevator shaft. And the fourth was hang several large mirrors in the elevator lobby. So the building building owner chose to go with number four, which came from a group of creative thinkers on the team. Once he hung the mirrors that were all installed all over in the lobby area, people became so absorbed at looking at themselves and others without them knowing, they no longer paid attention to how long they were waiting for the elevators. What's funny is, is I've done that. <laughs> so creative thinking looks beyond the obvious for the solution. It uses the imagination. 
If there had been no creative thinking exercise when, when they tried to develop these solutions, you'd only had the first three, which were going to be very expensive. You know, Solomon uh, was a great problem solver and was known in most parts of the world at that time as the wisest person in the world. His reputation started when he had the two women that came to him and said, this woman took my baby. And so he used creative thinking and so he told the mothers, he said, well, since you can't, you know, since I can't discern which of you is the real mother, we're going to take this baby and cut it in half and you both get a half. And when he did that, the real mother, the real mother stepped up and said, no, just let her have the baby because I don't, I don't want the baby destroyed. But the other woman was like, fine, you know, go ahead, let's do that. So he used that wisdom. It was a creative thinking to solve that problem. Uh, one of the other skills is interpersonal skills. So you need to, to have skills when interacting and communicating with other people or groups of people. As a leader, it's important to understand how to deal with people effectively, how to be a good listener and how to interact with others on a social level. You know, a leader who is seen as being disrespectful to employees or rude will have a hard time getting useful information and ideas uh, while you're trying to solve problems. Realize you can't treat everybody the same. Everybody's different. You treat everybody with the same respect, but you don't treat everybody in the same way because some people don't respond to the same way another person will respond, right? So Tony Robbins said that uh, the way we communicate with others and ourselves ultimately determines the quality of our lives. I believe he's right. Uh, another skill that you need to develop is patience because it takes patience to be able to step back and see in all directions, 360 degrees. So patience helps us to focus uh, our, uh, helps to focus our strengths. So without patience, it's easy to rush to judgment, make decisions without waiting for all the information to come in. It, it can cause us to miss out on some of the most important moments in life. Uh, patience protects us a lot of times from ourselves. You know, there's a lot of, of automobile accidents that happen because people are impatient. Somebody runs a red light because they can't wait. A person speeds 80, 80, 90 miles an hour on the interstate because they can't wait. People weave in and out of traffic because they can't wait. Uh, patient drivers are safe drivers. What is patience? It's just the ability to endure delay uh, or negative circumstances or trouble without losing focus on trying to find a way to overcome it. So develop patience, and you will develop strength. Uh, the next skill you need to develop uh, is patience. I mean persistence. Patience without persistence is laziness. But persistence without patience is recklessness. So those two go together, patience and persistence. So you, you, have to, you have to be able to, to develop this persistence. Um, you know, by now, most people know uh, and are familiar with Dyson, uh, that bagless uh, vacuum cleaner, the Dyson. Uh, but what many people don't know is that James Dyson, who developed it, went through 5,127 prototypes before he perfe uh, perfected the product that we know today. This is an example of just plain, bold, dogged persistence. So can you imagine the thousands of products we would be without today if it wasn't for the persistence of the inventor? 
You know, the same thing, the persistence of writers and singers and musicians and engineers. We definitely would not have some of the things that we have today. So good problem solvers know how to discern between big problems and little problems. They, they know how to keep asking the right questions. They dig deeper into the information. They, they drill deeper into the actual symptoms in order to find out what the real problem is. You know, in the story of the toothpaste factory that we talked about in the beginning, the CEO and others were more concerned about the symptoms than the cause of the problem. The factory worker used creative thinking to come up with a simple and inexpensive solution to the actual symptom. No one ever developed a solution for the real problem, why, which was why were empty boxes of toothpaste being produced to begin with. You know, there's a huge difference between solving a problem and eliminating the symptoms. A good problem solver never focuses on the problem. They focus on the solution. Now, in next week's podcast, I'm going to continue this discussion, and I'm going to explain how to use a very specific multi-stage system that will help you learn how to solve every problem that comes your way. So you don't want to miss next week's podcast. So thanks for downloading today's podcast, and, and be sure, if you can, to take the time to write a review. I'd greatly appreciate that. You know, my hope and desire is that you're encouraged and you're enlightened, and that you're empowered through these podcasts. And as always, I want you to remember, Jesus is Lord, and he wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to christianbusinessconcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.